second episode six of Lessons and Lattes. Super excited, um, minus some time zones differences, to be here with Ryan Reed. And so I don't totally watch his background. I'm going to let him introduce himself. So, um, hi, I am Ryan Reed. I am currently a business and technology uh, uh, high school teacher over at the Meridian School District 223 in Illinois. It's a pretty small rural area, about uh, about 20 minutes south of Rockville, Illinois. For, for those who might get on Google Maps, I'm searching out their phones right now. Um, I originally was a, a technology facilitator for a private school in, from 2012 to 2015. Uh, I then left in went to another school for a charter school where I was their technology director and one of their leadership boards for two years. And then I, of course, I ended up where I currently at. I switched careers about nine years ago to education, focusing on instructional technology. I was originally in uh, food services and business as well as healthcare. And it just was not very fulfilling. And I went and turned to education. And here I am now. I have a bachelor's in theater and in business. I have a master's in structural technology, and I'm knock on wood, as you can tell, uh, I will hopefully finish a doctorate in uh, instructional technology curriculum development before this year's out. Well, that, congratulations. <laughs> you kind of blew me I'm out of the water there. there but... I do check the, my email. As, as I, I made a meme saying I don't always check my email. When I do, it's after three, and I check every hour until midnight. <laughs> Love it. And um, also love, oddly enough, we both came from healthcare backgrounds to join education. I um, love it when similarities line up like that. Um, I know that when I originally approached you about being on the podcast, you wanted to talk about student leadership. Of course, my focus is always my SPED kids um, being included in school activities, especially leadership. So super excited to pick your brain tonight. And I think you're also an FBLA advisor, which is kind of out of my comfort zone, but I'll definitely let you talk about that. Um, about that. So, yeah, um, yeah. so we'll, we'll talk about FBLA here. So we'll talk about leadership uh, right here with SPED. So I, I didn't know if you wanted to kick that off or I could talk about some of my background work with that with uh, student leadership and SPED and what I do now for student leadership. However, it works in just kind of giving everyone a preview here. Um, so kind of what is your background with student leadership? How did you get involved with it? And what do you like most about it? Uh, student leadership definitely started back when I was working at my, uh, my private school back in 2012, uh, since it was a very private Christian school where we did, we definitely looked very focused on student leadership in all grade levels. So we were, I worked with a few of the um, teachers in those classrooms and we worked on a lot of character in that school looking for leadership because we, we had students, you know, they were from all good backgrounds and good families, but we many students were pretty much just said that you listen to the teacher, I'm supposed to follow the rules, oops, I broke them, I got in trouble, and that's how it is, but we uh, talked, especially me and uh, Gail Bizarro was her name, uh, in fifth grade at my previous school, Christian Life, where we definitely talked about creating student leadership with students, where students show leadership skills when they are able to know help their peers and work with those with problems with issues they're showing types of leadership so we kind of started developing that a little bit more at clms uh, for a couple of years when i left and went to uh, jackson charter in 2015 we focused hugely on student leadership so we had a lot of uh, groups and we worked on sped and about students being leaders to themselves first and being 
speakers to others. We had a lot of students from all sides of the block. Um, so it was a really a uh, piece of curating rapport. The uh, special ed director at the time, uh, her and I, as well as other leadership members, uh, definitely developed, worked with technology a lot, we worked with a lot of STEAM and uh, problem-based learning for students. So instead of going textbook, they took more charge of their learning and understand it. And we kind of turned that over to have students teach um, older students teach younger students and sometimes vice versa because you know students can uh, update a little bit more on that kind of problem solving so it really allowed the students to start taking charge of their learning understanding and kind of spread from there so we, we said if you can help one other person next to you even if it's as simple as learning how to turn something on you're showing leadership skills and how you how you develop it nurture it and grow it is what we really did. We really worked a lot of that over at uh, JCS um, a couple of years I was there. Um, so it, it, it's been a trick. I mean, we have a lot of students that don't, I don't, I don't feel I'm a leader or no, I was just helping someone. But, you know, some of the students really don't understand how they have leadership qualities in them. They feel that they're just, this is somebody that knows something else or there's many who don't believe in themselves or understand some natural abilities they have themselves to be leaders. Um, and that kind of we went with that for the development. So it was a practice, you know, we'd have school events, we'd have them taking tickets or leading shows. We had people doing problem solving, we had open house. So it, it wasn't just one main thing, it was just several together about showing those little bit of rapport as well as bringing up their peers on each other. And it worked really, really well because um, when students started showing more leadership in the area, you know, you get less disagreement with students, you have less fights, of course, and as they say, less travels to the principal's office. So, <laughs> It was, it was something that worked very, very well for that as we did that before I left in um, two years. I'd say about two years, and it's like you're at Meridian, so it's kind of interesting. That time went fast. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Um, one thing you just said that kind of interested me was you talked about developing leadership traits within themselves or being a self-leader. Can you talk a little bit more about what that looked like, what you were um looking for and what you were looking for the students to promote to be self-leaders first? Well, one of the things we were looking for is what were some of the students' natural um, passions for, for what they for what they did. So everybody had different passions. We had some that were amazing dancers, some were incredible drawers. I we had a student and he could work he could organize and put together a, a game board in two seconds. We had a student that, you know, you could throw him a bunch of like multiple colored beads and he could sort of 20 minutes. I mean, everybody had these different um, specialties or passions they had. We kind of started just crafting from there, and they would show how they were able to do that, like how to do a dance move or how to sort so fast. And one student was really cool as uh, they worked with our art teacher at the time because she was an incredible art teacher. And this one student, she was so great at faces and noses. A lot of these kids were like, well, how do you make your noses look so good? She's like, well, here's how I do that. And would show her and the teacher would actually enforce saying, yeah, and I do it similar this way. And we had a lot of students that started, you know, really practicing got together with faces, actually impressed a couple of our teachers because they said, I can't draw a nose, and yet you show me an easier way to draw noses in two seconds that I've been trying for 20 years to draw. <laughs> so it was pretty nice little modeling because one thing we did was about uh, giving them real world and trying to teach because they were global leaders in some sort. They're going to lead people in some shape or form. So we definitely wanted to um, enforce that and enrich that at an early age. They had something to teach them because we had a lot of students, they didn't really think there were anything special or really good do anything. They really kind of had those little talents inside themselves to really create some amazing, 
amazing creations. I had a kindergartner, and she was always, you know, getting herself in trouble. She was always always speaking when she wasn't spoke. And the truth is, she was incredibly organized. She could organize pieces and stuff. So she ended up becoming my uh, organizer when I was working with kindergarten teachers. She'd come in. She'd get everything set up like about an hour before I say, hey, I need you to do this. And she's like, okay, I can do that. And she'd do it. So by the time I'd come to the classroom to help with their enrichment hour with the kindergarten teacher as well as the, my instructional coaches, he loved being involved too in it. It was amazing. Just everything was so organized. So I'd say, okay, guys, we're going to get our iPads. Let's do this. The kids were just like, one, two, three, go. Usually it was, oh, you have iPad 15. That's my iPad. Oh, no, I need to get over here. I want to sit here. We had it so organized in that classroom. It got really nice during the open. We took two little dance steps at the beginning of the class. We had two little kids that had kindergartens that could really dance. And we always had them leading. It was really amazing little pieces. Because usually nine times out of ten, they were the shy ones in the room who just wanted that be interested but once we found the dance they kind of stepped forward and did it. it was a really nice modeling and really showing some of the students talent so it was it was it was fostering a lot of that and it wasn't an overnight success and when i left i had so many kids it's like so sad to see me leave and i actually went to the school uh back um in uh, march because i had to do some checks for the school i had been in there and i had so many kids that ran up and hugged me and said are you coming back <laughs> we missed you we've missed you for so long mr reed and i said no i'm not coming back but i'm here to visit you and i said are you doing better and they're like i'm much better than i used to be when i was in kindergarten i said good good for you so you listen to me but then i, I even looked at the principal like is she behaving so she's like oh she's much better <laughs> i love um how you found or your team found the little things that they're good at because so much of the time i know i sit in ieps and it's like they can't do this they can't do that it it almost feels i feel overwhelmed by all the things that they're pointing out that like they can't do but you're right they do have these unique little talents or amazing abilities and i think that that kind of gets overshadowed a lot of the time, unless you really go out of your way to bring it out. So yeah, bravo. One thing I've always tried to definitely teach these kids in all my lessons, especially here in high school, because I have a lot, you know, I have everywhere from 14 to 18 year olds. I got kids ready to start their high school journey. I got ones that are, you know, in this case, nine months from now, I got several that are on their way out the door, whether it's the working world, their own business, college, the military. And it's kind of a lot of much teaching them saying, you know, I try to do this. And, you know, many students have their issues and then they have their, their stories. And one of the things is like, you know, you have two choices. You can either be a product of your circumstances or you can rise above your circumstances. And, and then I said, there's a third choice where you learn from your circumstances. So maybe it might not be a process where a year or two you can't really get over these issues, whether it's health or things that you just can't control in your life. But I said, eventually you can learn from them. Learn from them, it makes you you lead yourself. So that's something we kind of definitely bring into, like I said, right now with FBLA over here at Stillman. So we, we definitely teach us, you know, the, all our officers as well as members that, you know, you, you have it in yourself to be a leader in something, whether it's graphic design, singing, um, natural leadership, because like I said, our current president, he is a very natural taste. He just has such a rapport with people. Like, you can meet a guy off the streets, and two seconds later, they're shaking hands and ready to go out and get coffee. I mean, he's, he's that good at, with, with uh, people. He's a, such a people person. And our vice president's kind of a little bit of both, but he is the same kind of the guy that kind of checks everything, looks over it, understands the ins and outs, but then he learns from it, builds from there. So, you know, we have we have our talents of everybody over there in FBLA. So it's, it's definitely a little difference between 
you know, elementary and middle school to high school, especially when you have an organization like Future Business Leaders of America. So, but I, I've kind of been taking those skills and when I started as advisor two years ago, I was kind of thrown into it because I didn't know I was going to be an advisor. They said, you're going to be an advisor, you know, you're a business teacher here. So I said, okay, I'll do my background research because I know what the Future Business Leaders of America is, but I've never been an advisor for it. So, hey, I'm going to learn. I've been an advisor before for clubs or organizations so it, it was a learning process myself too so you kind of I think unpacked it a little bit but for our listeners out there that were naive like me FBLA is the future business leaders of America it is an after-school activity right help me out here yeah, lifeline yeah, it's, it's more of an organization. As I say, don't say the club. As I say, don't say the don't say the club word. As I say, it's more than a club. You know, just like FFA is not a club; they're an organization. To future farmers of America, or whatever the acronym for now too. So, how do but, students like kind of get involved in that? And just for our listeners out there, a lot of them are SPED teachers. Do you have SPED students that are involved that naturally take an involvement role? Or is it something where you're kind of inviting them into the organization? We're definitely inviting them in there. I mean, we can, you know, like I said, unlike any other organization, you have students that might have considered an IEP or a full 504, you know, not a full special ed. But no, we have a very open uh, for the organization. Um, there's other chapters in Illinois. I mean, there are actually large chapters and everything. But, there's, um, but the problem is with uh, Future Business Leaders America is actually having advisors to run the organization because it's, it's a little different and sometimes when you have ones that have been going on for years it's very simple to kind of switch hands change them and go but now we leave it very open we were talking about this year about how we wanted to do it to get such a shift uh, you know our seniors graduate our senior officers were amazing this past year we have another set of amazing uh officers right now but you know it, it's always a change every year when you know as they say the old crew leaves the new crew comes in and also as an organization one thing like many other school organizations or clubs is sometimes you have membership problems you know sometimes everybody wants to join an organization or they don't even know about it they don't know how to join it and you know it's it's not only responsibility to it but it's also being inviting to them so you know it's where you see it and where you bring them in and one thing we do for our leadership is actually having members of FBLA or officers bring in other students and it's it's much because they say it sounds better coming from a friend of yours or somebody you know in the organization versus the teacher says, hey, you know, you should join. I see your abilities in accounting. I see your abilities in marketing or I see your natural skill in this. You should join. You know, sometimes you're a little intimidated when the teacher tells you to join the organization versus if uh, somebody in their peer says, you know what, I think I'll do this. Yeah, you know, come to our general session, see what it was. Or talk to Ms. Marie, talk to Ms. Murphy and see how that is. Um, there's a couple of FBLAs where they're extremely organizing where, you know, the advisors do all this, they say, the paperwork, you know, they set the schedules, you know, the, the agendas and stuff set up. But one thing about FBLA is it's, you know, like some organizations and students themselves have to set the agenda, what they need to talk to, talk to their advisors so they can meet that up. And there's different rankings. You have school chapters, which is just, you know, the school. You have state chapters where there's actually, you know, what, however, however, whatever state you live into, it's kind of divided different areas and you actually have a main advisor to the state that's under the chair and the advisor they have national which is you know countrywide i mean fbla is in puerto rico wow so yeah we, yeah it's, it's amazing like we even said too like wait we, we have an fbla in puerto rico we were like what 
So did I do my research correct in that there are competitive events and then also there's also a college division of FBLA as well if students choose to continue? Yes, uh, I'm at Atlanta, which has been the college division for a very long time. But yeah, there's very competitive events and they, they range from very simple like introduction to public speaking, um, um, word processing, you know, how you know, can you do this? You have marketing, you have accounting skills, you have more advanced levels where you have students that actually have to build a business and maybe they actually did it and they created a fundraiser. There was a set of students in a competition where they actually had created it and ran it and actually explained what were the highs and lows of what works. And those were competitions where like, whoa, look at these kids. They they not only have done it, they have pulled it off and actually made it functioning in their school, not just with FBLA, but for their school too. And then you have some like, here's the idea of it. And you're like, it's a good idea, but I'll take group two better because they actually did it versus group four, where you argued it great, it was a great structure, but you know, you didn't do it. <laughs> you know, it's a little harder to see on paper. Uh, it's all the, they're very amazing competition. That's, I mean, we've got more introduction to FBLA where the student actually has to talk about um, how, you know, how FBLA has changed them, what, how they got involved, and you know, how it meets to certain guidelines. It depends on the competition because you have, you have, of course, three challenges. You have the area conference. So in ours, we go to another school, and everybody's in that area, wherever, come to it. It's kind of like Chicagoland area. Then you go down to state, which is in Springfield here. And then you have national, which was in San Antonio last year. So wow. it's very interesting because usually people place very high in the regional of the state. But if you place in the top four state, you immediately qualify for national. The problem with colors comes from many schools and many FBLAs is, of course, you gotta get the kids down to that state. You don't just magically just jump in the plane and you're in San Antonio. Right. <laughs> that's a little bit of a travel. Yeah, so, so one thing that's great about the competition too is a lot of FBLAs talk to us. So we talk about fundraisers, how did you do it too? So you know, when we do like competitions or we do state camps or state summer camps or you know, they get together for officers where they have to train and do leadership advisors do. But we talk to each other, learn things in workshops, so you know, we help each other out. So we have there's the national leader, which is all the different FBLAs, and last year was in Chicago, so we all went, and it was amazing where we met with some people from South Carolina. Said, oh yeah, here's an organization that helped us get fundraising, and like you know, people in the room went, what? This is free, and we just have to write an essay. And they're like, yeah, and we're like, whoa, where's this been? <laughs> so we we kind of lead each other too. We have our you know balls and pieces. The uh, the national this year is actually in Washington. So, but a lot of schools are having a problem with it, so they're thinking of doing kind of like a camp getaway for your state or area or your area. Like somebody's been in Milwaukee and Wisconsin, which is about two and a half hours north from where I am. So, you know, that's much more plausible to get a hotel room, pay your, you know, pay your travel fee, jump on a bus and go there versus, hmm, how do I get to Washington, D.C. right now? But it does sound like, you know, minus some of those little technical issues of having to travel, it sounds like it's pretty relevant um, for the kids, not only through leadership, but also maybe some career preparation skills that they might obtain through the experience. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things about Felix. Like I said, it's future business leaders in America. And I mean, like I said, being a business and technology teacher, uh, once upon a time, they were almost kind of separate, and now they're very intertwined. Let's face it, we have many students that we teach how to properly construct email in a professional way instead of like, hey, you want to go to the movies Tuesday? Yo, awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, you have to say, dear this, and, you know, actually have a subject line. 
pieces. But what's so great about it is a lot of these pieces for a lot of the students that I've seen in competitions, I've been a judge, is a lot of these students really learn skills um, going, even if they're not really strong or maybe they're just going to kind of go to school, maybe become an accountant or something. They really see a much broader sense of leadership, a much broader sense of what matters. And even if they do this, these small competitions, it's really, it, it, the experience itself can be absolutely amazing. There's so many different competitions, including making your own news broadcast. You actually have a set of students that actually have to make a TV news broadcast. And you have a weatherman, you have an anchorman, you have a sports person. But a lot of those students kind of want to present themselves, understand scripts, how to present themselves, as well as work with you. So it deals with teamwork, communication, presentation, most of all confidence. So it instills those skills, which are hugely needed to anybody in any leadership skills, SPED or otherwise. And even if you don't necessarily go into business, those are skills that are needed pretty much across the board now for any job. I'm thinking back to my experience in healthcare. I needed to have confidence. I needed, you know, to know how to write an email. I needed to know how or to interact with other people to be part of a team. So like there, those are even essential core skills for any job or workplace, it sounds like. Sped or non-sped. Well, yeah, exactly. I had, I had, a, student, I had a couple of students come back to me. Um, I teach, you know, being a business tech teacher, one of my requirements is teach consumer education. And unit two is all about, you know, finding a job, education, resume. And we actually do mock interviews. I sometimes have the vice principal, the principal, our uh, career counselor come in. So I have a local business person come in and actually talk to them about how to market themselves in a professional way. So that way, when it comes to interview time, they have it. I had a lot of students that came back to me and said, Mr. Reed, you were right. I'm just so glad we did it. I did that and I got the second interview or I got the job and they might have been like, hey, I'm going to go apply for Chick-fil-A or I'm going to go here. But at the same time, they sit professionally, they have an organized resume or they keep themselves very confident and actually talk about themselves when they bring to the job. And it, it makes a difference. I said, you know, if I said that you're just working part-time after school or you got to go get that summer camp job, it's better because they're going to feel like you're more confident about yourself and doing this position. Because I had one student, they applied for a job. They even said themselves in an interview that they said they really didn't know too much about, but it would aligned to what they wanted to do for a job. They gave up the skills, how to learn about it. Believe it or not, they got the job. From what I understood, they're now an assistant manager Oh, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when they tell when they come back and tell me that. It's just it's amazing. I had a student go to the military and I missed them. He was uh, back from basic training. He left me a letter, um, almost made me cry, but he left me some really good like, you know, thank you for, for teaching me all those skills. I know you you never worried about me. I was a good student. I did my work, I learned something. He's like, you know, thank for thank you for giving me advice, helping me with my speech, helping with my presentations. He joined the Air Force. He said himself that it really helped them uh, train. So he was very thankful that he learned those skills from me. But like I said, he was never the trouble student. He was the A student. But I think sometimes, as you know, he did realize that once school was over, where he was going, he was like, I don't know if I can do this. And he learned to be, you know, trusting himself and, you know, be, uh, be basically very believing in who he was and marketed himself in the military. And it really helped him from there. And we all appreciate it when the when the students come back and tell us like that we actually made a difference in their life or taught them something that was super relevant and helped them be successful. I know those are the best feel good moments. Yeah, so congratulations. Really <laughs> you know, sometimes you hear them right away and sometimes I, I, I 
I told this to tons of people, but I said, the one, people always ask me, like, what's a lot of your teaching based on, like, why I have a cover? But I said, the one who started all was my fifth grade teacher, uh, Ms. Larson, Deb Larson. And um, I, I I know she's out there somewhere, but I said, right now, like, if I could find her, I'd thank her right now. She's my mother's age. But I'd be like, thanking her, but I don't know what happened. My old first grade teacher, she's actually a librarian in a neighboring town for me. And I ran into her by accident. They said, oh, yeah, you know Mr. Derrick Norris the library? I said, no, I don't. And I went there for a couple of reasons on a, kind of a play date get-together. And I looked at her, and I said, do you know who I am? She looks at me like, I know who you are. And I said, just want to tell you, thank you for definitely teaching me how to write in fourth grade because I was, I hated writing. She's like, well, she's like, why are you thinking me about writing? She's like, I'm writing a dissertation. She looked at me and said, you've come a long way. <laughs> accomplishment to honor. Um, I actually can't believe we've been recording for almost a half hour. And as we wrap up this podcast, is there any advice that you have for teachers, especially as we um, are starting this new year to help promote leadership within their classroom, or even um, to kind of get those more reluctant learners more engaged and excited about their learning process? Well, of that in my study skills um i have a lot of the famous people that had disabilities that you wouldn't think of um and so that's kind of encouraging for some of my students but i also like the fail part of it because it's more accessible for everybody yeah i, I mean it's, 
it, it definitely also gives you a, a, a glimpse into it. I even was willing to share a situation happening at a job, which led to me getting fired over a situation. And believe it or not, when they heard the story, they themselves went themselves like, well, that really wasn't your fault. I don't think you're making this up. I don't see why they blamed you. I'm like, but here I am, successful, mm-hmm. uh, finding a way to be successful. So I said, you know, you can find a way, you can be product of your circumstances, you can rise above them, or you can learn from them and become better from them. Because I said to myself, you know, many people knew when I came there, you know, that was my third school in in five years. But at the same time, is, you know, you can't control state budgets, you can't control school budgets. And it comes to the point where, you know, you can't be afforded and you have to leave schools. And, you know, at the same time, it was hard for me. And also, it's like, well, let's rank up those cash advances. I need to pay my bills. But then it's like, you know, where am I? I still go. I keep trying. And, you know, that was hard. But, you know, I learned ways to be a leader in myself, be a leader in yourself. You know, you don't believe that it's possible to be something. And you know what, with that, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. I can't think of a better way to close. I really want to thank you. Thank you for being here today, despite all our time difference uh, things. And I really enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> so thank you so much. I really appreciate um, your insight and just you being here. Thank you so much for this podcast. I mean, I, like I said, I love podcasts, and I really definitely believe this is one of those that really reaches a nice, wonderful message out there for teachers. Thank you. Super grateful to Ryan for his positive message on never stop trying and building self leadership and the great conversation that we did have today. So the latte part of Lessons and Lattes is a simple coffee frappe recipe tonight. Um, It's super hot here in California. So this easy iced coffee recipe is basically prepared with espresso and milk. And it comes out rich and creamy. So the ingredients are one half cup prepared instant espresso, completely cold, one cup ice cube, a quarter cup milk, two tablespoons sugar, or more if you like your coffee especially sweet. You just mix it all together and you come up with a very simple, cool and refreshing drink. Thanks everyone. Appreciate you tuning in. Have a great night.